0: Good morning, Saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO Christ for You Anytime, Anywhere. I'm your host, Brady and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Today is Wednesday, September the 8th, and for us, it was the first day of school, so there's always a lot of joy in the home, a lot of nerves, a lot of everything else in between, and thankfully, a lot of grace and mercy. And today, on this day where we can feel many things when school starts, we study and pray the inspired and true Word of God found in the Psalms, Psalm 142. The headline tells us that David was in a cave. And this can bring up many different thoughts of, of when this happened, but we do know that he is alone, that he feels isolated. And we might not be in a cave, but we can all understand loneliness and fear, maybe not to the extent of David, but we do know where David points us to, the hope that our Lord is our refuge and he is our hope on account of Christ. What a joy it is to pray again this morning, that the and the gifts are ready ready for you. Thy Strong Word is generously underwritten by our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. To help us to be strengthened by God's Word this morning, we welcome back our regular guest, Pastor John Shank of Trinity Lutheran Church and School in Edwardsville, Illinois. Pastor Shank, welcome back to Thy Strong Word.
1: Well, thank you. It's always an honor to be on. It's always a lot of fun uh, being in God's Word. And uh, we have a, a great text, as always, to uh, to take a look at, um, be encouraged by, learn, uh, learn how to pray, um, mm-hmm. and, and uh, learn a little bit about our, our Lord Jesus, too. So that's always good.
0: Even better, even better. So, Pastor, one step back as last time we spoke, your school was just starting, and now you're a month in. So, tell us what's happening for you, your family, and the work of the saints at Trinity.
1: Yeah, it seems crazy that we're we're about a month in, like you said, and and other schools are just starting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so for us, uh, for us, all of our kids and everything are they are. Uh, well uh, underway and and feeling like they're getting in a groove and we're already talking about things like uh, teacher conferences with parents and uh, um, getting all those things ready. Uh, we have um, pastors conferences for the fall coming up and uh, different conferences for our teachers to go to. So for us, it's like uh, we're getting into the swing of things. So um, our preschool kids, some of them just started this week. So we have all the way down to uh, two years old. Uh, so they just started this week. So they're kind of feeling the newness. Um, but everybody else is uh, feeling like they uh starting to, to know what's going, right, know, know how to Start the day and get here on time and get homework done and all that kind of stuff.
0: Well, and that's just a reminder because I've talked about how we need to pray for our children and our parents when they start, our teachers when they start, but also, I mean, you get a month in and you're still not quite in the groove. So continue to pray for our parents and children and everybody else um uh, because it, i would say it takes probably 2 months to really get into the groove and feel like you're not exhausted after every day so um we give thanks for that so pastor as we on the on that note of prayer can you begin our time in prayer
1: yeah and um as we pray and reflect mm-hmm. on psalm 142 using uh hymn number 658 preserve your yeah. word o savior Um, I pray, uh, Sansa 3, let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. Preserve, O Lord, your Zion, brought dearly with your blood, protect what you have chosen against the hellish flood. Be always our defender when dangers gather round, when all the earth is crumbling, safe may your church be found. In the name of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen.
0: Amen. You know, that's a I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight this before we get to the next piece is We've been talking a lot about how to pray is not only, you know, to pray from the heart, which is which is perfectly acceptable. This is supplications and praying for others. We we pray, um, um, I can't remember the wording, but you, you pray without necessarily something written down. And then you pray written prayers, like we have the collect on Sunday mornings, you have other written prayers in our hymnal. We also pray the Psalms, which is, you know, repeating what God has given to us, but also a, one of the great joys is to pray from the hymnal, to take a hymn and to pray it. Yesterday we had, uh, um, excuse me, next week there are times we can use hymns to to unveil what we learn in Leviticus because reminder to our listeners we'll be studying Leviticus next week which is like a wild ride of excitement and fear at the same time but I'm excited to be able to dig into that but also you can connect hymns to this but also in prayer I wanted to ask since you brought it up already pastor have you ever have you been one to use the hymnal the hymns for prayer often or how would you how would you encourage or think about that
1: yeah, I haven't. Um I was uh in fact I was looking at um the the readings of the Psalms with with uh with Luther. That's a little uh CPH mm-hmm. book and before each of the the Psalms there's a little note of encouragement explanation, um kind of textual notes. And then um at the end is a prayer and this was the prayer written there. So um, I did not uh, kind of come up with that or, or make that connection on my own. Uh, so using other books as example too, uh, it definitely helps us to be reminded of the treasury, which is our our uh, hymnody. Um, sometimes our hymnody when I'm, I'm singing a hymn. Um, it definitely leads me into prayer, the ex corde, like from the heart prayers.
0: There you go, ex corde, that's what I was trying to think of, yes. Yeah, like you
1: were were talking about, um, kind of, and and Luther talks about this too, like when we're praying even the Lord's Prayer, uh, sometimes or often we might not get through if we're thinking about a... uh, a line of the Lord's prayer, you know, give us this day our daily bread, and we're thinking about all the things that we need for this body and life, and all the blessings that our Lord has given us in a uh, faithful spouse, or, or children, or friends, or mm. government, or whatever. And we're off, right? And it's like Luther is like, go for it, just go and pray, right? Let, <laughs> let it let it run, <laughs> let, let it outpour to the Lord, um, oh, and um, and it is it is good, um, but it is good. Um, it seems like my prayer life uh, and how I prayed was uh, strengthened through going through the prayers of the church every week um, because, like, our, our direction in prayer and our reflection in prayer, um, uh, given, given the words of how faithful people pray – um, and I, I was talking to uh, some members not that long ago about about making a good confession, right? That sometimes as pastors, there is sometimes where we have to um, not try to interject. We're not trying to, but I might have to, like using a child as an example, right? If the child comes in and I'm like, "Well, is there something you want to talk to Jesus about here?" and and they're like, "Well, yes." Billy did this and Susie did that and that's why mm-hmm. I did this. Well, that's right. not a good confession, you know, little Timmy. Uh Timmy, <laughs> let's let's talk about what did you do? What 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 um what of God's word did you break? And it's like, yeah, I I told my friend this or I pushed someone, right? And so we talk about what commandment they and we move to a good confession. So sometimes we have to be taught how to do this and sometimes too um, just like with the disciples they ask Jesus teach us how to pray Um, we need to be taught how to pray and our Lord teaches us uh, and it's through (laughs) through being in his word that we are then led into good and faithful praying Um, not that we can't just pray from the heart but a heart that's set on God's word prays Hmm. back to God what has already been told to that heart
0: I love it. And that's one of the main reasons that we take this little step back in between books that we've studied. Just got done with Hebrews on our way to Leviticus next week. And to look at the Psalms, because I think often we don't know what to pray. Um, we don't know what to say. And that's why, obviously, the Psalms are a perfect way for us to begin. The hymnal is another great way uh, for us to look at that. And and on that note for the day, to, and, and also to look at prayer as a gift. It can make us very wound up when we try to evaluate our prayer life. And so it's good for us to remember that we... Prayer is all gift. It's a gift from the Lord. He opens his ears to us. He'll listen at any time. He's not asking for exact prayers, but also he gives us exact prayers to use, and his Holy Spirit guides us. So on that note, if you have any questions today as we look at that, not for the sake of guilt or for the sake of digging deep into God's word, send us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org, or or you can call us 1-800-730-2727-314. Now, Pastor, I definitely want to interject throughout our time today that you speak about prayer in the different ways. You've already showed us different ways. Um, but I want to start our time that we don't only study these words, but that we pray them. So as I've been doing the psalm study is I will uh, invite invite those who are listening and, and for you and me to pray Psalm 142. I will read it and we'll see it as a time of prayer. And today Psalm 142 is fascinating because of where David is. So pastor, we'll begin in prayer by reading and hearing Psalm 142. So we begin. With my voice, I cry out to the Lord Yahweh. With my voice, I plead for mercy to the Lord Yahweh. I pour out my complaint before him. I tell my trouble before him. When my spirit faints within me, you know my way. In the path where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see, there's there's none who takes notice of me. No refuge remains to me. No one cares for my soul. I cry to you, O Lord Yahweh. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison, that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me, for you will deal bountifully with me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. As we gathered and hear, heard these words, prayed these words, Psalm 142, how, where do you, how do you want to start us this morning so we can better understand and start off on the right foot of this wonderful psalm?
1: So as we reflect on this psalm, as, as it says from the beginning, um, that it is a psalm of David, um, and that um, David was in a cave. This is uh, uh, this is not uh, metaphoric. This is not a figure of speech. Uh, but he, we can look and see in First Samuel 22 and 24. There was different times in which David was running away, was in hiding from Saul, who was seeking his life. Uh, so the 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 king in whom he honored the king in whom he served, the nation for which he went out to battle and won victory and uh, defended and put his life on the line, now was out to uh, to kill him. Um, as we kind of reflect on everything here often, uh, not that we can have certainty, but often it seems more like... Um, for many who write uh, more like First Samuel twenty-two than twenty-four, because mm-hmm. it seems like he's by himself. Um, though maybe even when when he's with other people, he feels uh, by himself because he's being pursued right. and and uh, no one really it seems like no one really cares, or at least that's his feeling in the midst of his great um, depression, uh, great mm-hmm. loss and struggle. Um, so David is writing this, though. As David writes this, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we have another king that as we come maybe later on in the close of our, our time together, we have to reflect on another king in whom we can see these words uh, finding their home in his mouth.
0: Mm. And,
1: and we can be edified in, in that as, as well.
0: So what we have is, I, I like to ask this question, uh, because all the psalms are, 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 if I can say this word, relevant to us uh, as as individual Christians, as uh, soul uh, soul keepers or soul ta- uh, soul takers is the wrong word, uh, soul keepers or zael zorger as we call pastors. Um, that w- so this psalm is relevant for people's lives to care for their souls. When you look at this psalm, psalm, and you've been studying the psalm, when would you suggest? Does somebody use this psalm in their walk with the Lord. How? When would be a time you would suggest this psalm for somebody?
1: Mm, that's good. A good reflection. I think there's two realities that we should do. Um, one reality that we should be praying all the psalms at all the times. So that we mm-hmm. should not have to feel like, um, does this psalm apply to me uh, currently? And especially when we get later on. When we reflect, ultimately, um, our comfort is, and I'll I'll just come out and say that, ultimately, our comfort will be seeing, to see Jesus in the psalm, right?
0: Mm -hmm. So we
1: can pray this psalm anytime, but I also agree with you that there are times in which we can find great comfort in the listing of psalms, in the helpful books and guides, and, and I mean, as a pastor, you've got your... You know, pastoral care companion, or as a uh, a member of a church, you, you can look up, you know, Psalms of comfort and Psalms of, of here, of prayer, Psalms of, of great necessity. So when a person feels alone, when they feel abandoned by friends and family members, um, maybe when they're in the hospital or when, um, they feel like uh, the world has turned against them. This psalm can bring great comfort in that time. But I, uh, I I mentioned the first thing first because we can we can pray all the psalms at all times, especially um, when we see that um, that we are comforted seeing them reflected in the life of Jesus, and then we can see our lives caught up in His life. So even if we read this today, and as if someone's listening and saying, well. I don't feel. I mean, my family hasn't abandoned me, or right. you know, I've got a great number of friends. Maybe this has nothing to do with me. Well, no, the, this still has something to do with you because ultimately, it has something to say about Jesus. It has something to say about what He endured. As as it is also true for King David, David mm-hmm. literally went through this. <laughs> he yeah. he liter- This was literally his life, and um, and as David endures this. He can be a an example to all of us as Christians in a time of great sorrow of how how do how does sorrow teach us to pray? how does struggle turn us back to the Lord? How can even those days be days in which we can say thank you to the Lord for days like this um maybe only after um <laughs> but but after we can turn back and say. And see how the Lord uh, blesses us even through through those darkened nights too.
0: And this is a, a great reminder. And you, and you you pulled me back uh, as we look at this as well. Is that we can easily fall into the trap. Um, and it's a both-hand t- situation, falling into the trap of saying, well, I'm not going through that, therefore I don't need to read that part of the Bible. So, for example, I didn't lose everything like Job, therefore Job is not relevant to me. Well, no, it, all of it is relevant to us because it's the Word of God and the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us and shows us Christ. Well, at the same time, like you said, that, it, that there are specific parts of Scripture that will relate or uh, bring healing for us. Um, Based on our current life situation. Now, I want to ask this question before we dig in, Pastor, because this one, I think, is it, it can be very much so we can spiritualize a psalm like this where you're like, "Okay, David was in a cave. I'm kind of like I'm in a cave because I feel isolated. And then therefore, you know, we, we spiritualize it to the point where we're like, well, I'm kind of like David. I, I'm in a cave of my own emotions or I'm in a cave of, of my own whatever situation. And so I feel like we have to be careful how we relate the psalm to ourselves because it's not a one-to-one. It's not a like a we don't want to spiritualize it too much. But yet I think there is relation. Any, any thoughts on how we make sure we don't go too far? in either direction as we look at the psalm
1: so the only yeah the the warning of going too far would be then to lose the historicity of david and the historicity of jesus that david is a real person and then there is comfort in that right so Mm -hmm. that this that i read these words and i'm like wow that's really applicable that's good like that that should be always seem to be good right that that's it's a good thing that Christians read the Bible and go, wow, God is talking to me, because he is. But then when we read that, we don't want to lose the fact that this was about a man named David, and that he lived this life, and he's a real person. Because if we lose that historicity that David is a real person and whom God rescued and heard, then we might lose the fact that he really do- God really does exist, and he really does hear his people like you. Like, you're a real Mm -hmm. person, and you are going through some real struggles, maybe, or maybe some real joys, so you can lend that to the Lord, too. Um, Lift that up in thanksgiving. Uh, But to those who are going through some tough times, and we all do, that as God heard David, he will hear you. As he heard his son, he hears us in prayer, because he is, for us, our Heavenly Father.
0: Well, let's dig into this. Thank you for that uh, distinction. That's very important for us to know. At the same time, the Psalms speak to us. So let's let's have the Lord speak to us today. In Psalm one hundred and forty-two, we'll start with the first two verses, and David writes, "With my voice I cry out to the Lord. With my voice I plead for mercy to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before Him. I try. I tell my trouble." before him now pastor right there you can almost feel the emotion that david is expressing in this prayer how would you describe that i mean we know he's in his cave we we know there's a lot going on there's it's almost like he's to me as i hear this he's almost there's no exclamation point but it feels like he's almost yelling at god at this point what's your feel what are your thoughts
1: yeah yeah i would uh you can almost hear the echoes in the cave, right? Yeah. As right. they're crying out to the Lord, Lord, where are you? You know, what is going on? Right? There is no one. Where is everybody? Um yeah, and I I think there are times, um, you know, that we all could feel um and, and not to use a modern term, but I think it's helpful in the sense of um being depressed. Um mm-hmm. that um, they are in in our depression, you know, in the silence of the darkness that kind of has covered us, that we could also feel like we're crying out to the Lord and and we're kind of losing our voice and running out of tears to cry. And in our in this in this struggle of this life, the the struggle um, that we're dealing with kind of overflows and let it overflow. Let the struggle overflow into prayer. And that's how our Lord teaches us to pray, um, that he can even use the struggle that we're going through to draw us into this prayer. So for us, I guess the the reality of prayer would be that that it is the, the breath of the Christian that we breathe in his word to breathe back out his word into prayer. Um, and so, this in and out of the breath of, of the Christian life and existence is the Word. And the Word is breathed into us and it sustains us, and we breathe it back out to Him in confession and, and prayer. And so, we can pray out to the Lord. Um, and this is how, this is really then how we become um, theologians and Christians. This, um, as Luther would always kind of Talk about this oratio, meditatio, tentatio, the oratio prayer, but prayer that is caught up in the meditatio, the, to meditate on God's Word, which is all wrapped around that this is happening in real life, the tentatio, right? The the trial and suffering. And these are the things that God uses, uh, one, to teach us what prayer is, that we, um, we take what is our life, and we take what his promises are, and we wrap them up together, we package them, and we put them before him, right? You said Mm -hmm. that you're with me, but right now I feel all alone. You you said that you're going to save me, forgive me my sins, and yet all I feel is my sinfulness and my, my waywardness. You said, right? So we keep bringing back to the Lord what he has said to us, um, you said this, um, and uh, especially within the struggle within the the hardship of our current uh situation and so David um, he is pouring out, so he says, "I pour out my complaint before him, and I mm. tell my trouble before him, so he can pour out the the struggle the the reality the excord a reality of his heart, but within the the Uh, encompassing nature of what God has already said about who he is and what his promises are to David.
0: And that is a a perfect uh, way for us to look at this, is because he's, he's being real. I've said that often as we've gone through the Psalms, he's being very earthy. There is no point where you read, especially this Psalm, where you think David just had it all perfectly put together. Everything he did was just, you know, rainbows and unicorns, I say quite often, is that he is living the real life. He is not living the best life now. He's living the real <laughs> life that we will all deal with. And I, and I like how you said, too, about depression, because whether or not there were a ton of people in that cave with him or just himself does not mean that he's not in despair, you know cuz we can be in despair even though we're surrounded by people we can be lonely even though we're surrounded by people and so i think this gives a voice for those who struggle with mental illness and that's one of the as i as you were talking i was like you know what this is a psalm that we can have for when we or others struggle with mental illness and i and i because i when you when someone's depressed they uh, they have trouble. They have complaints and they ask for mercy, just like we do in the worship service and the Kyrie, Um, when we hear the blind beggar um, that ask, Lord, have mercy on me. We repeat those same words that David said and all the saints before us because we know that we need it and that trouble is always before us but the lord as we'll learn later is there for us as well. But right now pastor we need to take our break. I want to hear more of your thoughts on that I think that what I just mentioned here this morning we are studying and praying Psalm 142 with Pastor John Shank and we'll be right back. Mm-hmm. On this Wednesday, September 8th, 2021, KFUO Radio thanks our day sponsor, Mary Hamilton of Redbud, Illinois. Mary made a gift to KFUO Radio in loving memory of her son, Tom Herzog, and in remembrance of his birthday today. Mary is thankful to the Lord for the blessing that Tom was to her, and she looks forward to seeing him again in the heavenly kingdom. Thank you, Mary Hamilton, for helping us share the gospel and for being today's KFUO Day Sponsor. You hear our voices every day as we speak the gospel, share the latest news, or for insightful and sometimes entertaining talk. Why not share your voice with us and send us your feedback, suggestions, and questions? Leave your comment at 314-996-1542. Be sure to follow us on social media, too, so you can like, comment, and share your favorite posts. Drop an email to kfuo at
1: kfuo.org or send a snail mail letter to Worldwide KFUO, 1333 South
0: Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. We can't build a more hopeful neighborhood if we don't know who our neighbors are and we go out of our way to avoid them. Dr. Michael Ziegler says loving the whole world starts with loving the people God has placed around you, your neighbors. Learn how you can become part of the Hopeful Neighborhood Project this week on The Lutheran Hour.
1: Sundays at 1230 and 5 p.m. on
0: Worldwide KFUO. And welcome back. We are studying Psalm 142 with Pastor John Shank. And Pastor, we did have a question that came in uh, by email, and the question begins in the uh, the subscript at the uh, right, at the the heading, where it says "a masculine of David." Now, I think I know the answer, but I figured I would ask you: Is what is a masculine?
1: that is a very good question now uh, in our in our study bible um, cuz you got to i got to rely on uh, these uh, resources cuz i don't i, I think there's some um edifying guesses right <laughs> that's there's true some holy yeah, yeah guessing going on here <laughs> holy guessing yeah, i love it <laughs> um, that that means um a musical term it might mean a liturgical note because this is so when they, the, the psalms are written, are collected, these become the, the, the hymnal of the uh, people of God. And so they would sing these. They would be part of the worship life of the people. So is this a liturgical term, like uh, that this is supposed to be sung responsibly, or uh, the choir is going to participate, you know, uh, or is this some other kind of musical uh, sung in this tune, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have like A, B, C. You know, different tunes or tones of our of our uh, uh, psalm uh, psalmody as, as we sing introits and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is usually when you look through, like, uh, because this is not the only time that that term is used. It's used uh, Psalm thirty two, forty two, forty four, forty five. So right. there's just a number of psalms that have that inscription with it as well. And so if you look in your Lutheran Study Bible or other um, commentaries, often that kind of notation is used. I had to look it up yesterday myself. I'm like, okay, what does that mean again? Um, Oh, yeah, there's some holy guessing going on because they're not 100% sure, um, but usually it's kind of uh, viewed as some kind of notation, liturgical or musical.
0: And I think that's similar to what we'll see, um, uh, what we saw with Psalm 143, like right in the middle after verse 6, it says, Selah. Right. And and that's a similar, it's different, but it's a similar reality that we have a lot of, I like how you said it, holy guesses. It's not educated guesses because it's still, <laughs> we don't exactly know. But it's a, it's a holy guess where it's some kind of liturgical term they use, just like we would use in our liturgical settings as well. So you answered that beautifully because at the end of the day, it's a, we don't know a reality.
1: <laughs> so, sanctified guessing. Yeah. Saying uh-huh.
0: that we, we can make up so much. It's so much fun. Holy blessing, uh, holy guessing and sanctified guessing. Yeah. Anyway. So we don't,
1: so, yeah, I say, <laughs> I feel sanctified and holy. Cause we're, it, it's, it is within this. Um, Cause again, we're using, and, and other scholars are using context clues uh, to, to place it, because some of the, the exact Hebrew words can be lost to us in their meaning if they're not used within a context, a greater context, and this is the context in which we have this one singular word in this um, kind of introduction to these Psalms. But because they're using this introduction, it's not just a wild guess. We're not just going to put any kind of meaning right. to it, but we're going to use the context of the placement to show, okay, yeah. so, so these other places where these kind of contact are, um, instructions are given, these are the kind of words that we should be thinking of.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. No, that, that's very helpful as well. Now, Pastor... As we look at the first two verses, I wanted to make sure to see if you had anything else to add. Like I said, is I love the language because it gives us a voice when we need to complain, if I can say it that way. Lament is uh, how we would probably see this as we look at the Psalms to admit that we have trouble and that we need mercy. So it's almost like God is saying, you can cry, out, you can yell at me. You can yell at me with these things. That's what's so refreshing to me when I see this and other parts of Scripture that allows us to lament. What are the thoughts do you have before we move on?
1: Yeah, I I would agree in the sense uh, to that even the we can see God's giftedness in this, that he's given you a voice. <laughs> so mm-hmm. use it. Use it to call on him, to call on his name. Use your voice yeah. uh, to to speak to the one in whom loves you. He, he loves you, um, so use your voice, even if it's frustrated, even if you're saying, you know, you say you love me, but this is what's going on. Um, what does your love look like? And then he'll tell you, if you keep reading his word, what does his love look like? Uh, And he'll inform that um, because we have to be, well, we'll, as we go through, we'll, we'll see some other helpful things about our understanding of prayer.
0: So let's continue on then on that note, verses three and four. When my spirit faints within me, you know my way. In the path where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see, there is none who takes notice of me. No refuge remains to me. No one cares for my soul. So here we get even a, a, a stronger view of, uh, how you say, it, a deeper view of what David is feeling. So what's David saying in these verses?
1: So it seems like two different audience uh, objects or people groups are being uh, directed at in his response, because he's saying there are some right that actually are seeking his harm. Those are the ones that have actively put traps out for him and want to see him hurt and brought to ruin or maybe even killed, right, like Saul. And then there are others um, that know that he's in danger and they don't care. Like, it's like, okay, now we've got the indifferent. But indifferent towards what? Towards my life, Lord. It's like, if, <laughs> These are the people are around me. I've got those that want to kill me and those that don't care. That's all I've got. So can you, you know, where is my help? And that's kind of like uh, in this world he's feeling, he's knowing that there is no no help for me. Where is my help going to come from? Uh, where is um, maybe stealing from where that will come up? Where is my refuge? Um, the helpful thing with this when it comes to prayer is that we have to keep in mind, and this is where I said, well, you know my prayer life has been um, aided, um, matured by the prayers of the church or by praying with people who are mature in their faith and kind of growing up uh, in the faith um, is that when I pray, I'm not bringing God into um, into knowledge that he did not have already, right? Um, so mm-hmm. I'm not instructing him. I'm not informing him. So um, one one commentary, put it this way. Uh, I'll, I'll read the sentence. Um, Note that we do not show our trouble before the Lord so that he may see it, our trouble, but that we may see him.
0: Mm.
1: So um, we need to see him in the midst of our struggle. We need to see him in the midst of this darkness or depression or or this fact that he feels all alone, but we're not telling the Lord so that he, you know, up in heaven, he's not like, oh, I didn't know that this was going on, right? I didn't right. know that Billy has cancer, and you're praying for Billy. Good thing you told me, because I didn't know that beforehand. So we have to be careful so that we don't feel like we um, that I'm instructing God on what to do but now what I really want to know is, Lord, Billy has cancer. Help me to see you in the midst of my friend Billy's cancer. Help me mm-hmm. to see you in the midst of my struggle. Help me to see you um, who, who loves me even through this. So um, it is helpful because sometimes we get <laughs> off a bit in our prayers as if God did not know already what's going on in his creation.
0: And he he definitely uh, encompasses that in verse 4. Look to the right and see there is none who takes notice of me. It's not that God didn't know that he was isolated or hidden in a cave. It's not that God didn't know his feelings um, during this time. It's very clear that he is uh, confessing this truth. Partly to say, Lord, show me that I am not alone here. You know, as you said, so clearly that Lord, help me here. I mean, I, I this is my reality, and I know you know my reality. That's not the point. The point is, I want your help, and He allows us to plead for the Lord to be able to answer this prayer, and and He does, as we as we see later on in this in this Psalm, and you can definitely feel even more how deep His angst his as you said tentatio is in this when he says my spirit faints within me you know my way for the beginning of verse three was a little bit confusing to me because one he says i i am this is mine and he says you know my way it's almost like he's just he's going back and forth of this is what i am and this is who you are so how would you describe that in verse three
1: So I I read it, and you can tell me, you can help me. So (laughs) I read it this way, uh, that uh, my spirit faints within me. Like, this is what I'm going through. But you know my way. Like, you know, I'm not not an unbeliever. So why Mm -hmm. am I going through this? Like, why am I dealing with, like, David, you know, David was a faithful man. He was a righteous man in the sense of uh, believing in the Lord. He's the one who, um, in and by faith, The Lord's going to be with me, right? And He slew slew a giant, and yet He could not. um, So the giant falls down, but He can't lift up His spirits. So like He's He's struggling in this. Like Lord, you've you've done some amazing things because I believe in you. I trusted in you, and and you've done some crazy, powerful, amazing things that i could never have done on my own and and yet right here i feel all like everything's turned upside down you know me lord what what's going on here so that's how i read that um and um and yet i think the blood what how we can learn how to pray in through this psalm so david is not like you said i totally agree he's not holding anything back he's being completely honest (laughs) and just pouring it all out right and as he pours it all out he's like hey all these people around me, all they want me to do is stumble and fall. They're even, they're setting traps for me, Lord. But in that, I think that's a turning point for David.
0: Mm.
1: Because David is saying, look, Lord, there's two groups out here. The ones that want to hurt me and the ones that don't care. Now, when David says that, his spirit is going to start to be enlightened that, yes, David, if it was up to this world, you wouldn't be here anymore, but you're here. So who do you think's been there with you? The traps are out there, but who do you think knows where all the traps are? (laughs) God does. I do. They want you to fall, but I've got your hand. I'm going to hold you. I'm going to uplift you. And I'm going to carry you through, because I made a promise that you're going to be the king that I'm going to put into power. You're going to be the king that I'm going to sustain. Um, And um, because I've got another king in mind here that's still needing to come. So, yeah, I think that's a, a big turning point for David when he's honest with the Lord and says these are the things that are going on that God can, you know, through... The Spirit informed David that yes, and yet you're here. What does that teach you, David? That I'm with you.
0: I want to take one step back because the end of this is that transition, like you're saying, is it's almost like he goes from this I'm completely faint in heart kind of look around and say there's no one here to help me. I'm my back my back is against the wall. I have to depend on the Lord, but I'm doing so with great trouble on my heart. And 5 through 7 definitely points us to where our hope is. And there was a there was a comment, I would call it a comment that was sent in by one of our listeners. I want to hear your thoughts about the power of the Psalms that the Psalms in general will, for example, you they will use this at monasteries. We'll use this in our worship services. You go to a Greek Orthodox church, they're using the Psalms. You go to a Baptist church, they're using the Psalms. And, and the, the listener wrote an email just kind of affirming that when we pray these Psalms, there's an ecumenical unity that we'll have with the whole Christian church because they also are praying these Psalms. Any thoughts on that? I think it's a great insight. I just want to hear your thoughts on that.
1: I would say we just need to take it one more step. Right? Okay. One step further, which is it's ecumenical because Christ prayed these psalms. Because uh-huh. they find their home in the lips and in the heart and in the life of Jesus. So no wonder that the body of Christ says, These are my psalms because they come from my my head, my Jesus, my he is He is uh the the church. We are the body of Christ because he gathers us together, so no wonder we take up his words as our words. Um, And that's what unites us together because we're united together in Christ. And how much, as we've been tracking along now, as you kind of, we pull the veil back and say, ah, yes, yes, David, but ah, yes, even more, Jesus, Uh, you know, that there at uh, Gethsemane. Ah, yes, even more Jesus as he constantly needed to go off by himself and pray to the Father and pour out his heart to to his Heavenly Father. How much even more were they trying to trap him constantly and wanting his downfall constantly? And even those who were just gathered around didn't really care as long as they had enough bread, as long as they got what they Mm -hmm. wanted from Jesus. How much did this find its life in Jesus, who then could, could step forward and move forward to the cross because he put his hope in his Heavenly Father.
0: That is so great. That that, it, that really does, because we can fall into that trap of saying, see, Psalm 142 unites us. It's a psalm of the church, which is true. We're not denying that. David unites us. There it is. And then we forget the main part, as we confess here on this program and KFUO and, and in our churches, and that the whole Scripture is about Jesus. So why does this unite us? Not because of a, a biblical figure, not just because it's a psalm, but because it is Christ's psalm. And he probably prayed it as he confessed Psalms throughout his ministry and prayed to God, his Father. So thank you, Pastor, for bringing us back. Now, let's get back to the Psalm, Psalm 142. I want to read the rest of our verses. And Pastor, as you said at the beginning, we want to bring this back because there's a fullness to the Psalm that we do not want to forget. And we have to get there um, in the the last 10 minutes of our program today, 5 through 7 as we end (laughs) Psalm 142. I cry to you, O Yahweh. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry, for I am broad, very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me, for you will deal bountifully with me. So it, it, it sounds the same as the first four verses, but I feel like there's a transition here. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I would agree that I definitely uh, see that transition as he, yes, he's still like he's still honestly in trouble. Like I'm still going through through this, mm-hmm. but now he's being brought to say that he's not completely alone. Yes, maybe Saul. Obviously, Saul has um, turned against him. And maybe the nation has turned against him. Like, it's not good. It's not, it's not saying that everything is turned out uh, rosy. But um, there is something greater than Saul going on here. And there is something greater than all the people and, and friends and family members that have maybe um, kind of tried to save themselves and, and disown and disown David. Because he says, you are my refuge. You are my safety. Um, you are my security. You are my place in which I have rest and and I am kept. And you are my portion, so my treasure. Where does my heart desire? Um, yes, in church we say we lift up, lift up your hearts. We lift them uh, to the Lord. Why? Because where your heart is, there is your treasure. Um, we lift our hearts up to where the true treasure is, and that is our God. So our God is our portion. Um, And, yes, he is uh, going to to pray. It's much like what we will see this weekend with uh, the man and his his son who uh, is demon-possessed. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Uh, Yes, Lord, I believe you are my refuge, but help my unbelief, because what my eyes see is different than what my faith confesses, uh, different than what your word says, because my eyes see all these things, all these people around me, but we need to to have the prophet come and open our eyes so we can see the uh, the mighty army of the Lord is greater than all these who oppose me. Um, uh, and, and yet he will then confess um, that the the Lord will um, will do him right, that the Lord will be faithful in the end and that he will then praise and give thanks to the name of the Lord um because he will deal bountifully with him um uh, bountifully in forgiveness and mercy and uh for us as we look forward um in resurrection
0: in verse 7 it says the righteous will surround me now from my from some of my studies you know it points us to the Church that the Lord surrounds us with the body of Christ, showing David that he is not alone and he's confessing this truth. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yes, um, that there and we have this with the prophets, right? Um, they all feel alone. Uh, we feel alone um, in our struggle when we look out at the things happening in our depending on what state you're in and the state that you might abide or in the country that we abide in um, some of the decisions and some of the anti-christian realities that happen and we're like wow man are we are we the only ones am i the i'm not surely i'm not maybe our church maybe this are we the only few people left and the Lord keeps reminding, as He reminded the prophets, "No, there's a thousand here that have not bent the knee. No, there, they're, you're part of the body of Christ, in whom remains faithful. Uh, and yet, there are times in which we all feel all alone. Um, <laughs> as we have a few minutes to to maybe say something about Jesus, I would say that here we we have Christ." Um, who, in his singularity, is the only faithful one left? Um, he is the faithful one. So for him, it is absolutely, actually true. There is no one left. No one left that's without sin. He is the only one without sin, and he is the only one who fully and hundred percent believes in the word of promise of his heavenly Father to the point in which he will follow his father and his father's will unto death, won't he? So he will follow the father unto death and, and he trusts that he won't see corruption, but he will be raised up. And when he is raised up, that he takes his place among his brethren and, and he will t- proclaim the works uh to To the congregation, so Jesus, I mean again, we have to see the fullness of christ and and yet, yes, David is restored, he is placed into the house into into his uh, into this uh kingly house, and his family is gathered around him and and yes, the people of israel are are given great security and safety under his kingship. The kingdom is expanded, and the righteous surround. Um, uh, surround him. So yes, there is that, Um, but um, that pales in comparison to the coming kingdom of Christ, and which has no end.
0: So Pastor, as we have about three minutes left in this psalm, um, I want to go back to just reflecting again on this psalm, in the care of souls, um, for our own, for others, and why do you think this is a relevant psalm for us today, for the church today, our world, for the individual Christian? Why do you think this is a relevant psalm?
1: Yeah, so when we when we have um, the opportunity to get to know each other and to hear about what is going on in the lives of our members and in our brothers and sisters in Christ— What's going on in our own lives and our friends? Often they will say, you know, they when you when we get past the pleasantries, right? How you doing? Oh, I'm good. You're good. I'm good, and we move on. When, when you get to know somebody a little bit more, and they can trust you, then they're going to start opening up, and that's what love looks like, right? That they're going to trust you enough to to share their great hurts, and they'll say, you know, my my son has. Cancer, or uh, my my wife just got uh, this bad news. The, the company is shutting down, and we don't know how we're going to make ends meet. And they they'll start sharing with you uh, the the struggles of their hearts, and we can start turning back, and and being honest. We don't we don't have an answer to that, but we know who is the answer to that, and we can say, look. Psalm 142 shows us that you can just be honest with the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know the way out of this cave. I feel like I'm in a well. Where is the way out? Reach out your hand, O Lord, and carry me out. Take me out of this. And because in it, I can only see what's right in front of me, and what's right in front of me is something I don't want to face. And the Lord the Lord comes by this word and says, I'm your refuge, i your portion. I am with you. Yes, if it was up to the world, you'd be falling into a trap. But you haven't. Therefore, let it remind you that I'm with you. So this psalm teaches us that in the midst of struggles, God teaches us how to pray. That without struggle, maybe we wouldn't pray as much as we do. So even in that we can say thank you, Lord, for those days in which they're a little cloudy and we are uh, faced with hardship and want because in that want we are reminded that we're not the answer, but we know the answer, and his name is Jesus, and let us render all of our needs to him and, and be reminded that he is our portion, and that portion is eternal life. So this is not a little portion. This is <laughs> this is not mere crumbs. The woman knew that that is the food of everlasting life. And that's what the Lord comes to give us and to gather us around the righteous. So let us be there together. Let's be honest with each other as we're honest with the Lord. And he hears those honest cries and he turns to us a father's heart and he shows us the work of his son and in that, we're comforted.
0: Pastor John Shank of Trinity Lutheran Church and School in Edwardsville, Illinois, giving us God's strong word from Psalm 142. Pastor Shank, thank you again for giving us the gifts. Thank you. Saints of our Lord, keep praying. You might be fading heart, you might be one who is, is pleading for mercy, you might be one that feels lonely. All of these things, the Lord reminds us you can come to him. David cried to the Lord in the cave and he, he invites you to cry to him in your own cave and to know that the Lord will never leave you. He will surround you with the righteous and he will deal bountifully with you because he is our refuge, he is our strength, and he is your deliverer. Thanks be to God for all that he gives to us. So we pray. Thank you for joining us and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hands.